Welcome to Smize Queens, the number one America's Next Top Model Recap podcast. We are starring for the very beginning and slowly devolving into insanity from there. My name's Drew Haskins. And I'm Nick Vistanek. And this show is very important to me. I haven't uh, watched it, per se, from the very beginning. We were about eight years old mm-hmm. when that first came out. But I spent many a... Uh, childhood sick day marathoning the show um probably started around cycle 11 and have watched every season multiple times um super important to me and um i introduced it to you eventually Mm -hmm. and we felt that this was just one of those important shows that we wish we had a viewership guideline almost to um, it's one of those great nostalgia watches, um, even so much so that I, I took a really great uh, critical theory class in college on reality TV, and America's Next Top Model was my kind of final paper. So I'll definitely come from a more academic standpoint. And I'm definitely coming to this show from a dumb bitch who loves reality TV standpoint. As Nick said, I'm definitely a late comer to the show. I didn't start watching until 2017, more or less. Started with Cycle 3, which is, I mean, just an incredible season of television. And I was totally hooked from there. And it is wild to me, but also a testament to how great how greatly this show knows what it is that it has been able to endure for 24 cycles and counting. And a lot of that is due to the charisma of Tyra Banks herself. Yeah. Tyra was really one of the first reality TV uh, gurus, if you will. We later have Tim Gunn, RuPaul, um, Padma Lakshmi. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to recap you know, all the way back to cycle one today. Yeah. That originally aired May of 2003. Which, I mean, to kind of situate that a little bit, this show is one of the first comp- talent competition reality-based shows. I mean, before this, there were things like Survivor and Real World. Maybe Big Brother had aired by this point. But, I mean, up till now i guess the closest really popular culturally influential show that had people showing off their skills like their artistic skills every week like this and artistic for this show is a big stretch but like before this all it was was american idol more or less (laughs) we never do quite get a kelly clarkson or carrie underwood out of the show no, and you have to establish, uh, yeah, we definitely have to establish right off the bat that Top Model is an incredible show that exists in its own, own world, lunatic bubble. Like, th- we no don't allow them into show. our world oh, whatsoever. Yeah. We don't, we suppress these women to the best of our abilities. Oh, yeah. I mean, and this will be a running theme of the podcast, but this show hates its contestants, hates its own contestants to a way that is fascinating psychodrama for us the viewers but i mean to just see these women beat down 
and I mean, not, I don't want to say abused because boy, is that a loaded word, but I mean, these women get their hair shorn off. They get snakes thrown on them. They have to deal with Nole and Marin. I mean, it just like unending litanies of abuse. And I think that for that reason, it kind of sits at an important nexus of reality TV history and uh, gay history as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this show predates Project Runway, um, Housewives even, and and obviously RuPaul's Drag Race, which is probably the closest show to what top model is these days, I guess. Um, like, in terms of just a really aesthetics-based competition show that nonetheless has these completely untalented people who do way too many things at once like only on a show like top model are you going to have to learn how to booty tooch but also take improv comedy classes in the middle of each season i think some of the most compelling parts about this show are that it's really meant to be cast completely on looks oh yeah and i I have to wonder if personality is taken into account at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, one of... I mean, this is as good time to get into sort of the, the meat of this season. But a lot of the reason that this first season was such a big explosive hit was because you had these beautiful women who are also incredibly personable and fulfill a lot of the kind of reality TV character archetypes that we're going to see both on this show going forward and also just in general. I mean, it's a really well cast first season. Oh, yeah. I I um kind of interested how that very initial casting call went out, but they they do the casting episode on this season very intimately. Oh, yeah. uh, they only cast originally eight girls, and they don't show a lot of the other competition. I mean, we do get um, overly confident Justine yeah. in this episode, um, which, by the way, is brought to us by the letter W. Yeah. <laughs> w for us liking it wet. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely the only person who seems like they're very aware that they are on the TV show during this casting special is Justine, who comes in incredibly hot trash talking the other girls, saying that they're ugly, saying that her mother validates her a lot, which, I mean, if you have to say it, like, maybe, (laughs) maybe we're not. She checks herself by saying this validation happens over the phone. Mm -hmm. I think she might, um have been abandoned along the <laughs> yeah, way there's, somewhere. There's some estrangement going there's on there. There's some estrangement, some um, estrangement things. And it's interesting to see how in future episodes this casting special becomes in a crazy production of sorts with themed episodes like Cycle 10 Spaceship, um, Miss J's School for Girls. But for this, it's kind of refreshing. Like, they just went to some best western in the middle of pasadena i think the theme is kind of like women rubbing themselves down thinking that this is how you model it's really it's really eye-opening to see um before the show came around what modeling was to to these women it was it's completely commercial 
um, no sense until much later seasons when we get, you know, to seasons 15 and upward where we get actual high fashion. Oh, yeah. It's this show is not clear about what it wants its contestants to be doing at any given time. And part of the fun, dramatic tension of the show is just seeing people subjected to the whims of Tyra Banks herself, the ultimate narcissist. Narcissist. I mean, it's just, it is fascinating to see someone who is so self-possessed, but so charming at the same time. The show would not work without her, as we'll see in like, well, God, that's going to be like five or six years in this podcast. Who knows? But when we get to the Rita Ora seasons, we'll see uh, we'll see how this show kind of buckles under its own weight without the Atlas that is Tyra Banks propping up the whole endeavor. But before we get into the girls specifically, just a disclaimer it is going to be very difficult for both of us to talk about the contestants on this show without talking about their looks, which, I mean, we're not trying to be two gay men just piling on people for not conforming to our ideas of aesthetic. Especially where we sit us today. We're in 2019. Oh, yeah. I mean, just because... Janice Dickinson is calling a contestant like Fatty Boombaladi or whatever. Like we're not going to be doing that, and we are going to try our best to not. We're gonna try to use the parlance of the show, maybe, and say people are not model esque or commercial or catalog. I mean, like we're you're never gonna hear us call girls like flat out ugly or something. I mean, because truly, like that's. That wasn't okay then, and it's certainly not okay now. But no tagging. And don't tag anyone on Twitter or social media. I mean, not that a lot of these girls have social media presences to speak, but we definitely don't want people, I mean, like yelling at Jane Randall saying like, hey, like, we're she's a conservative. Like, we're blowing up your spot, you Trump voting racist. So to provide some background, Drew holds Maryland models to a really high standard because he is from Maryland. Um, I myself am from L.A. where we are recording from. And um, I I went to school in Chicago, so I definitely will show mad love to all the Chicago girls. And boy, do we have a lot of Chicago girls. We have a lot of them. And they really have thick accents. It was really a comfort watch in more ways than one for me. Let's get into the contestants themselves. So at this casting episode, we are treated and fully introduced to eight girls who are going to make it to New York where the bulk of the show takes place. We have, we have one Chicago girl in uh, Miss Adrian. Everyone this season is calling each other Miss. Yep. That's the, the titling convention. Mm-hmm. And another kind of titling convention that gets established that we should mention, the, the title of this episode of the podcast is called The Boys Who Start a Podcast. Because that's um, us. That's us. That's yeah. me. Hey. Hmm. Hello. Hello. Um, every episode of the show, for a certain, you know, for a certain amount of years here, um, they'll start out with the girls who, the girl who, 
um, generally pointing to someone Mm -hmm. in an episode who makes a scene in one way or the other. Um, But everybody on cycle one gets called Miss, so that's going to be the the convention here. So Miss Adrian, the thickest of all the three Chicago girls, accent-wise and foot-wise, I guess, she refers to her large base. Yeah, she says her nickname is Aircraft Carrier, which... I mean, I don't know who's calling her that. I would love to travel to Juliet, Illinois, and do like a a census to see. I know Juliet well too, by the way. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, razzing and name calling out there, but there's certainly no cow tipping. No, I don't know what she's talking about. I mean, she Juliet is definitely the boonies, but I mean, she's making it sound like she grew up in the middle of a cornfield where it's i mean juliet's basically all factories probably it's like gary that's my reference point not not quite a gary but adrian is a quintessential rock chick she constantly is in these deaf leopard bandanas doing her like rocker like oh i love when she shares a a moment with elise where they give the rock hands to each other Mm -hmm. um the two kind of counterculture girls. And it's, I mean, she's just a real individual. And her sleepy energy is still pretty intoxicating, though. Like, she's very naturally funny, very sweet, kind of right off the bat. And the rock chick affectation definitely sets her apart from the other girls. Yeah. Another edgy girl that we're introduced to pretty early is Miss Ebony, Ebony number one. And Ebony is a lesbian. And that is her main personality trait that we are treated to this first episode. You know, in in roundups where we talk about queer contestants, Ebony's never mentioned. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. And maybe it's because she... I, I, I don't know. She, she, she refers to herself as different... Yeah, and we know right away that that means she's lesbian. There's a immediate smash cut to the casting director being like, "So Ebony, tell us about how you're all lesbian," and she's like, "It doesn't define me. I won't be defined by it, but I am a lesbian." And it's this show does not always treat its queer contestants with dignity and tact. For the most part, though, and we'll I mean get into this in future episodes. Ebony is treated with the utmost respect by the show in a way that I was kind of surprised to watch in 2003 happen. I mean, she definitely faces some bigotry in future episodes, but I mean, she's never treated as an oddity or a curiosity. No locker room high fives all around for Ebony. And she's great. And Ebony is also the source of the iconic gif when she gets selected for the top eight, she's crying. She pretending to cry, hands up on her eyes. And then she's like, hands out, all of a sudden strutting all the way. Like Moses. Like Moses. I mean, you can't see what we're doing in the room right now because podcasting is famously a visual medium, but it's. That's unfortunate. We're, like you we're have... strapping too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but y'all have definitely seen this gif on the internet it's a classic re- one of top models first and foremost reaction gifts of which there are so many it's one of the most memeable internet shows ever and yeah i mean ebony's ebony is a great 
first entry into this canon. We that maybe takes us to Miss Robin, yeah. who is actually the originator of this naming convention because she is a big pageant girl. She she holds the title of Miss Everything. Yeah, she. Um, I know girls may be a, a misnomer. A, a woman, a, a, a forty-six-year-old woman, woman, maybe she's grown. Robin is the oldest girl in the house at twenty-six years old. She's lived a life. I mean, she she has. At how many like five? She lists off five or six pageant titles. Um, I will always know her as Miss Soybean. Miss hydrogenated soybean. <laughs> hydrogenated soybean. <laughs> and I just want I would love to know who else is competing for that title. But Robin is also pretty notable as the first example of a plus-sized slash fiercely rear real girl that this show has ever had, to use the parlance of the show. She used to weigh 204 pounds, and I didn't realize that the first time I saw this, oh, but yeah. she um, lost a lot of weight. It it shows she's still in the show mentioned she carries it in her lower part of her body yeah which I, makes her kind of in between uh, she, she, they describe her as not quite plus size the no. way that we'll see plus size contestants in the future and it just it has to be stressed that this show's conception of the female body is so skewed like in no real world sense would robin be considered plus size maybe and i mean she's not i mean she's not kate moss thin but i think i mean robin i mean that kind of figure is so in vogue today i mean now that we're in kind of a a thick booty first culture i mean robin robin is hot robin is also a fervent christian (laughs) and this is sort of the the main tension we see within her her desire to model but also be a lady and that's what exactly what makes miss shannon um almost not memorable for her for her conservatism because she shares that with other people in the house and so she doesn't really stand out in that way whereas in other seasons she might because There's an entire room of people, the Milan room, oh, yeah. which is the room that all shares Bible study and whatnot. Um, there's really nothing else to Shannon beside that she's she's a virgin. She's a virgin. She's, she's really 18. young. She's, she's the youngest 18. girl in the house. And um, just eight years prior, at the age of 10, she was saved. Hallelujah. She was saved. And it's... There's really nothing else to say. I mean, she looks like every Sports Illustrated model you've ever seen. Like some unholy hybrid between Marissa Miller, Hillary Rhoda, Nina Ogdahl. Like everyone you've seen, that's Shannon. And she's gorgeous. She's kind of the all-American girl that we'll see. But yeah, not much else to her. Another all-American girl in the cast is Miss Katie a glenview goddess a glenview goddess and and one of my um comfortable girls yeah if you will another chicago, another chicago girl another suburb girl um i love her also as well because she um only eats chicken breast famously that's my diet too yeah. i i i've uh, cut my meat down to chicken breast and crab actually i can't explain that i mean 
it's it defies reason but she she's also very environmentally conscious she, like suck at al gore <laughs> like she was she was inconvenient truthing way before he was and she is still to this day oh yeah she really um carried her through line on the show um <laughs> we she's introduced to us by saying she just saved five polar bears mm-hmm. um i think we we've all adopted a like jaguar cub in our time and like named a star after us i think yeah. we all have but i, I really love that sense she to provide like koala co- koala chlamydia treatment or something yeah like, we've all done our share. but she feels so special that she she donated like 50 dollars to save the polar bears and i'm happy for her i'm happy for her too the right off the bat unfortunately she's pigeonholed as the Maxim girl, the Playboy girl, which is basically this show's roundabout way of saying, like, what a hooch. Like, she, Katie is very conventionally hot, a very, I mean, kind of bodacious lady, and who I think the judges already, right off the bat, find her a little commercial. Yeah, and she'll be later upheaved by another Illinoisan um, in Cycle 16, Monique. Weingart, who is kind of the Naplu Ultra of this form. <laughs> like, she's like the Ivy Katie, Sword. Katie walked <laughs> so that Monique could run. Yeah. Exactly. So, moving on, we have our last Christian girl in the house, Miss Kezi Kizi Kazoo. 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 Yeah, so it's spelled K E S S E. No one says this name on the show the same way twice. We're I'm gonna say Kessie. I I'm think. gonna say Ki- Kizzy. But yeah, so Kessie is one of the first examples of the Tyra clone. Definitely looks a lot like Tyra Banks. Kind of the high, high forehead. Um, this like gorgeous center part hair, beautiful eyes, like. Not much else, though. We don't really see a lot of her this episode. And she's kind of consistently a quiet, nice girl who doesn't really get into the mix of the drama as much in this show. Unlike Elise. Unlike Elise. really the center point. Miss Elise. Miss Elise. Rather. Boy, is, I mean, just the breakout star, I think, of this season. Albuquerque's finest. And I should mention that I lived for a little bit in Albuquerque as well. Um, and she fits that mold perfectly. She's like a lab chick. Yeah, she's pre-med mm-hmm. at University of New Mexico. I don't believe there's any other New Mexico girls have ever on the show but after 24 full seasons. But who could live up seasons. to Elise? I mean, Mm-mm. she's kind of the first awkward girl. Meta from the very start. Yeah. And like a militant atheist. In her own oh, words, yeah. militant. There's no one like, there's never been another contestant like Elise. I mean, she's immediately so skeptical of the competition, her ability of the, her, herself as a model, God. I don't know who she believes in less, herself or, her, or God. Yeah. <laughs> she's militantly anti-Elise. Yeah, militantly and militantly anti the other girls. I mean, she's her she exits her casting interview saying that she's not confident at all and that she's absolutely out. Delivered in this deadpan stare to the camera. I mean, it really it's like April Ludgate esque. 
it's it's amazing but she gets in and she's super excited about it and man i mean the competition was not the same but moving on to miss nicole another person we don't really see a lot nicole of. panettone <laughs> like, nicole the, like the christmas panettone. the christmas cake <laughs> like just candied nuts and dried fruits like all stuck what in her else? like bobo shakira hair mm-hmm. she's uh, she just kind of embodies that early blonde that gets eliminated yeah. in every season be it like a, a brita or a isabella falk or a nicole lucas they're really just we don't see much of her this episode like she's strikingly pretty i mean great cheekbones um one of the first girls out of the inland empire in california first of a long tradition of marietta bells and corona girls i mean it's it's but there's just not much to her and there's not much to her especially this episode i think she gets maybe two minutes of screen time she's never been in new york before she is like the christmas cake she gets that one day a year feature yeah already shows up a little stale a little crumbly boxed Man, yeah, talking about women like this is great. Um, let's move on. Uh, Miss Giselle. Oh, okay, so it should be said that the next two girls are two girls that did not get cast in the initial round. The producers had to intervene and bring in two more girls from some unexplained outside process. Yeah, I they said that they auditioned thousands of girls initially, and I don't know how the following two girls... Um, were sworn in above thousands of other um, hopefuls. Yeah. There's not a lot to them. Yeah. Um, I mean, Giselle is the only Latina girl, I think. She's a dancer, also from the Inland Empire. Um, <laughs> her parents do not believe in her. That's the first thing and only thing we really get to know about that's her. That's a big episode. trope on Top Model. There's oh, yeah. always one. And, you know, speaking about establishing tropes, um, that one that kind of defies... We have, we've have, we have future contestants that sneak on without oh, yeah. anybody knowing. Mm-hmm. Her, um, whose parents actively disapprove of their modern careers, and this is the one venue that they can prove to their parents that they're making good choices and that they can succeed. And then, I'm, I mean... No one, even a winner, does not succeed on this show. And it's it's a little tough to watch sometimes. But Giselle is an optimist. Giselle is very perky. We don't really see a lot from her. And we see even less from the last Chicago girl, Miss Tessa. Um. <laughs> I mean, what is, Ty- Tyra what describes Tessa as having an exotic look. In, I mean, if she doesn't look just like Clea Duvall or something. I mean, it's such a bog standard, like center part, short brown bob. Like she has high cheekbones, but I mean, I don't know. Like this show has a weird trend of describing white women as exotic. A la Jade Cole's mother. A la Jade Cole's mother. White woman mother. Like it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense like with what we are presented from this gas station attendant at a shell 
like the, it just doesn't add up really nothing about tessa adds up this episode but after those two girls are introduced we really just see the 10 of them gel in the flat hotel which I, I, I ebony describes as having some kind of feng shui i don't think that the direct the, the decorators there intended for that at all no, I've there's like a big seen... shag wall which can be yeah. described as anything but feng shui it's friendly. actively discordant i mean i the last thing i want from a wall in my house is fuzz leaking out of it it just it looks insane but it's this huge penthouse suite in the flat hotel and every room is named after a fashion capital of the world so we have tokyo we have miami we have Milan. yeah noted fashion capital miami <laughs> wearing my like monokini there um milan and the, what's the last one oh it's paris paris of course so like the well, one they'll they'll yeah the big one the, the big um, one of the season so the girls are just having fun they meet their trainer for a little bit um they just kind of hang out and they all go to palm restaurant in new york city for dinner where elise is to quote her dragged out of the atheism closet didn't take long but i guess who hasn't been dragged out of the closet at the palm (laughs) yeah i mean over like a rich porter house um and robin is mortified i mean just nosy 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 mortified that this girl has the audacity to not believe in her lord and savior i kind of love the imagery of like elise's you know battle gear being that lobster babe that she just ties around her neck she's ready to fight i've never seen more lobsters on one table in my entire life like these girls were like okay like we're gonna get this upn money and we are gonna spend it on like dunkable butter sauce and crustaceans including uh leathery shannon yeah <laughs> one of the lobsters god and she'd never had she never had lobster i think she says on this episode one of them does maybe it was tessa actually but yeah i mean the this the show is very quick to point out that these girls are not worldly they're rubes <laughs> like just rubes 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 and one of the ways in which the show weirdly goes out of its way to paint its contestants as unsophisticated is the montage of waxing that we are presented with. Oh my gosh. And Robin, I can, uh, I can only imagine like her incrums. Yeah. I mean, she Uh. says that she's the only two people who have ever been down there are herself and her gynecologist gynecologist oh my god oh my god we're gay sorry um her gynecologist and is uh, even then 46 years of bush down there that is two terms of bush two terms (laughs) two terms of bush and i mean it's that's kind of the big narrative there i mean we're just presented with robin harumphing robin is always harumphing and giselle is squealing every every time the wax comes off and that's supposed to paint her as annoying but honestly if i was getting waxed down there 
I mean, I would be squealing like a piglet. <laughs> I've been waxed. AMA. <laughs> I don't, I have no questions. So that's kind of the end of that day. I mean, they do lobsters and waxing, which, I mean, for some people is a spa day. For these girls, it's hell. But the hell of this episode is yet to come. The photo shoot is, I mean, very cruel, even by the standards of this show. Or by the, but but not by the standards of the real modeling industry where... um, swimwear photo shoots for spring summer have to be shot early so they're shot in the fall and winter but they don't have to be shot outside on a rooftop in like hell's kitchen or wherever they are oh i don't know gosh. and natalie walker described it best yes um, shout, when out she, shout out to natalie. gay twitter them gay natalie twitter. walker she described she she while watching the macy's parade made a great remark which is that it's the clo- closest broadway comes to the frigid peril of the top model season one rooftop bikini photo shoot and uh for the meeting of uh our interests we were thankful this yeah, past yeah i mean you kind of half expect one of these girls to get blown off the roof and just go past the 42nd street like snoopy and Thank God no one does, but I guess we should say that the challenge this week is to model J-Lo by Jennifer Lopez swimwear in 20-degree weather on a rooftop shot by, like, God, what is this? I mean, he looks like Jessica Chastain, this photographer Douglas Bizarro. And his partner, Elizabeth Moss, and not the one you're thinking of. Not the one you're thinking of. Um, not Handmaid's Tale Scientologist Elizabeth Moss, like but that would have been that would have been very, a... like, I mean, if you had to ask me to draw a picture of a photographer's assistant in New York City, I would have drawn that gallery girl, the gallery girl. But some of the girls show up late to the photo shoot because they are taking their sweet time getting ready. Tyra points them out and also points out that it would cost thousands their lateness which how how yeah i mean it's we're both pretty punctual people i guess i mean unless these girls were two hours late or something i don't understand like how or like a lighting rig got blown off the roof while they were in the elevator or something like there's just no way that Douglas Bizarro is losing thousands of dollars on what was clearly like a $75 budget shoot. Thousands did not go into this. No, I mean I mean even even for JLo's standards is I mean No, oh my no god, way. JLo wouldn't be caught J-Lo dead be caught outdoors dead without fur and 90 degree heat. Oh. I mean much less this. This is the first and last time that the girls will show up to a photo shoot looking arrested and presentable though for the entire rest of the series like no one gets to do their makeup in the morning and everyone just looks haggard i'd Um, like to point out elise referring to robin as having more insulation than her as to why she um takes a better picture than her in the end oh yeah because elise is also the skinniest girl in the house i mean truly no no body fat at all and she almost gets hyperthermia 
basically. She's, like, shaking and crying at the end of the shoot. Um, but she delivers. I mean, when judging delivers. comes around. Yeah. Um, well, well, let's introduce the, the, the judging panel. So Janice Dickinson, the OG supermodel, as she likes to point out. She was very big in the 70s and 80s. Um, truly a very influential model, but maybe a little delusional about how important she is in the grand scheme of things um she's definitely the simon cowell of this judging panel for sure very harsh very very mean i think in a way that when you're critiquing people's looks and aesthetics it's a little tough to watch in hindsight i mean what do you what do you think about that i don't think anything well like do you like her i love her just like unapologetically yeah wow i just she definitely makes for good tv she's very entertaining she's really the only non-tyra judge on these early cycles that makes much and much of an impression at first we also have Bo Quillian which <laughs> sounds like a mathematical unit to me I don't know oh, yeah. what the fuck a yeah you could say we're cursing on this podcast we don't know what a <laughs> what the fuck a Bo Quillian is I mean besides the fashion editor and Mary Claire and he is just like a the human equivalent of a Lacoste polo shirt like not much to him a very basic very neutral we don't get any sense of who or what he is really beyond the title i mean he's just very quiet he's no nina garcia no nina garcia like if we're doing like i love it when these kind of shows bring in fashion experts like a michael kors nina garcia on project runway like I think they want Tom Colicchio on Top Chef to fill this, like, Bo Quillian industry mentor role. But he's just, I don't know, he's a big old zero. And he's or this... Is ju- he a zero or is he a Bo Quillian? He's a Bo Quillian. And, I, I mean, that could it could be, like, he's infinitesimal in the grand scheme of this show. He's a one-season judge, and we do not hear from him again. But this... This, um... This spot on the judging panel, they cycle through a few people before they f- get to. Well, I guess is Nigel the one who replaces them, or no? I guess I guess Nigel and Nole, and then next season Eric Nicholson. They all kind of it's a rotating. Nobody, cast of nobody those really two. places replaces Kimora. No, so she's Kimora she's Lee's got in. a useless position on the panel, really pretty but useless, which is kind of wild to think in hindsight because in 2003 Kamora Lee Simmons was a huge sensation like married to Russell Simmons like baby fat was a very big clothing line back then like I mean it's all kind of tacky Paris Hilton-y club wear these days but I mean and I don't even know if it's still like a, a brand that people wear i don't i don't know anyone who wears baby fat these days but i mean it was a big cultural signifier back in the day and i think her being married to russell simmons really put her in the public eye like i always forget i always forget when i watch a show that she was a judge that first season but she doesn't add 
much to the panel either. I think the the standout player on the panel is Tyra's cross necklace. Oh yeah. Actually, everyone in that room has a cross necklace, and I actually don't know at what point those start to disappear. But Tyra doesn't always have that on. No, I don't know who who told her to take it off. Maybe it was Bo Quillian. Oh God, yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's they are relentless. Like everyone is in a necklace by the end of the season. It's very two thousand two. Very two thousand two. Um. And this, I mean, so that you have all these people, two people who are absolute zeros in Bo and Kimora, and then Tyra and Janice. And then the guest judge for this episode is Douglas Pizarro and his flowing locks. Like, I mean, they get longer almost by the time he goes to judging. Like, he is fully transformed into the princess from Brave. Presto Changeo. Presto Changeo. So five people all knocking knees at like a fold the out table. The smallest fold out table. Oh yeah. Oh, no like, budget. Did we mention no, for the season? No, no budget. No budget. I mean, every the lens looks like it's been smeared with Vaseline. Like a lot of the confessionals for the girls look. They have this like senior portrait background. Like you know what? Like that gradient swirl and you could pick whether you want just like the grayscale or like if you were really fancy and your parents would let you do it you could get blue or green or purple or red in the background was this maybe this was just me actually this could be also seems very 2002 also very 2002 Mm -hmm. my parents would not let me get a colored photography photograph in the background but um thankfully you're so colorful today so colorful today but i had a very grayscale childhood um, I'm kidding. I had a, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty grayscale actually. Never mind. Um, so some standouts from the actual photos. Um, Katie. Well, we knew she was a hooker always, but oh, yeah, but she's hooking that thumb in that bikini strap. I mean, she is pulling it down like a copper tone girl. Like it's, it is perilously grazing her nethers um but the but, judges are quick to be like well i guess the hooks the hooks the hooks yeah but, janice but, is appalled but but tyra is captain hook she was uh, grace covers with a hooked bikini as well so um, she's yeah, quick to shut that down mm-hmm. but i mean the sports illustrated swimsuit issue is basically just like a version of maxim that costs two dollars more at the gas station at, at Tessa's gas station yeah, at the at Tessa's gas station. So Cassie's photo is good. I, I mean, they don't really have much to say about her. She's very shy on panel, like doesn't, doesn't really say that much. And I think the judges pick up that she seems like she isn't that confident. But um, Kizzy's photo is a lot better. Yeah. Oh, that's a, oh, that's the same. Oh, the same person. Yeah, Kes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kessie, Kissy. Oh, yeah. Kissy, we, how, how could we forget? How could we forget? Mm-hmm. Like, My I, bad. We should just say Kazoo. Honestly, like standard naming convention. I don't know. Let's let's agree. Kazoo. To that right now. Kazoo. There we go. Kazoo. Um, Adrian. Kind of a weird photo. She's grabbing the heel of her shoe and doing like a crane pose. It's it's weird. It's like really like weird. like the like a bird crane. Yeah, like a bird crane. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it was like a a crane to lift cargo onto her aircraft carrier. Yeah, uh, body. her toes are like 
I mean, there were like real cliffhangers, like holding over the edge of those shoes for dear life. This woman embodies cargo. I mean, the the cargo pants. Yeah. Well, I think she she, she calls it like, an air crash carrier. She, I think. Yeah, maybe yeah, she does. <laughs> which makes me think, like, have you? She has never been at the seaside. <laughs> like, she's never. Well, well, we had we had large ships out on Lake Michigan. Uh, that almost was true. like a an ocean. Um, it, it's one of the Great Lakes, famously. Oh yeah, but you know she's one of those girls that like goes down to Myrtle Beach and it looks like freaking Santorini to her. Yeah. Bora Bora. <laughs> but <sighs> yeah, I mean the fo- that photo is not really much to write home about. The judges have nothing but raves for Nicole Panatoni though. Um, in one of her, in her 15 seconds of screen time towards the end of this episode, um, they love her. She doesn't get to say anything, but the judges think that she has a great body for swimsuit. Um, the posing's good. She has very intense eyes. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like, it's tough to really stand out in this shoot, I think. But she did. Ebony looks too athletic. Giselle is exotic. And has a mole. <laughs> yeah. Which, they don't... her third eye. Her third eye. Way, her... It's not even a big mole. It's just like a, I mean, it's not even big enough to be considered like a beauty mark. It's like a little, like, it's like, if I didn't know it was a mole, I'd be like, get, what's that, like, what's on your face? Like, get it off. But, um, I don't know. They say Shannon gives you smart and sexy. Um, just kind of. Very, I mean, she's a Sports Illustrated model. Like, of course, she's gonna do well on this. Well, that's awfully nice because I feel like, I feel like a lot of the commentary was not so nice, and they're talking about the girls as if they aren't standing right in front of them. Oh, like, yeah. like they're talking about them like they're a third party, in a weird way. There, there's oh, yeah. in future seasons we get like an aside. You know, they have a, a panel after like after the yeah. presentational judging. Yeah. Uh, they do call Shannon leathery to her face because she's she tans a lot. Like, where is she tanning in Ohio? Like, I didn't think they had, like, actual tanning beds in the American Midwest. Well, see, that's where you're wrong again because, you know, Lake Michigan has aircraft carriers and Lake Erie has um, beaches, albeit the water there catches on fire because of the, like, Cuyahoga River dump. <laughs> From all the like refineries, truly um, color me shocked that there is sunlight. <laughs> I think the like leathery, UV the rays. leathery effect of her comes from the like flames of of the refineries. Yeah, it's like just forged in fire. And then, ugh, God, Tessa's weird belted photo. She is like folded over in this picture. <laughs> it's like like this like. What even is this swimsuit? It's like two shoelaces, like that are not connected to the, like the where is it called? Like the oh the bikini the bikini bottom. bottom. Yeah. Oh bikini bottom, <laughs> we pledge our hearts to you. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's like, like a skin belt. Like I don't know what to call it. It's a like oh. J Lo by Jennifer who, Lopez. Who is that serial killer that made the belts out of human skin? Oh God, Ed Gein. Ed I only Gein? know that because of my favorite murder. Sorry guys. Was he I, was he based out of Chicago? He's a, 
those Wisconsin. I Wisconsin hate that I know that. But it's all the same. Yeah, yeah it's Chicago metropolitan area. And it is like this like flesh colored suit too. Mm-hmm. It's like a very like like taupe kind of icky i don't know none of these swimsuits were very attractive sorry general uh, it made it made robin look like a butternut squash oh yeah i mean but she, they also put her in this like quarter sarong kind of thing like just like got a tablecloth from party city and like tucked it around her waist like i don't know if that i think that might have been her choice to do that because in the next episode we'll see that she is pretty self-conscious about her curves right i mean uh, on behalf of janice really who wants to send all of these girls home by the end of the oh yeah i mean truly she says everyone is out like just has nothing but negative things to say even to the girls that she was like more positive about and that is kind of my problem with janice i think she just seems like she is being mean for mean's sake though she is very funny when she says that Katie looks like the porn sticker on the side of a phone booth. <laughs> Which like incredible stuff. Well, lucky for us, you know, in spite of Janice's comments, the call out order really is irrelevant. Oh yeah. This season, um in future seasons we'll figure out you know, who gets top photo. So I feel like it's kind of like up to us to determine who really gets best photo. There's no reason Shannon should be um, last last selected. I think she had the best photo of the day, possibly. Yeah, she was... I agree with that. I thought Shannon definitely has really the persona vibe and look to do this kind of swimsuit photo, especially. And I thought she looked great. She looked vivacious. She looked very athletic she i think the other girls didn't do a good job of making it look like summer because it wasn't i mean it was 20 degrees in like february or whenever but shannon's natural tan skin like the blonde hair i think beach i think beach (laughs) and she looked so good yeah i agree but i don't know i couldn't tell you why she was the bottom two no on the opposite shore on the opposite Great Lake, we have Tessa. Tessa leaves us this episode, and Adrian really just lost her smoking buddy. That's really what's at stake here. We didn't lose much else. No, I mean, we lost, like, just, like, someone who took a photo shaped like a paperclip. <laughs> like, nothing really integral. No. But Adrian shouldn't be smoking in the first place. So you know what? Maybe this was God's plan all along. Well, we kind of get that go with the angels <laughs> music at the send off. That kind of sounds like like the Bobo landslide to Nicole Panettone's Bobo Shakira. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like a real song in a way that, I mean, I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure it was just some like, like the son of the casting director was like, "Oh yeah, I have a guitar. Like I can, I can whip something up for you really oh, quickly." It's it was definitely recorded by one of those boys that whips out a guitar at like the parties and starts playing and yeah makes you gather around. I know two yellow card songs. Like I can really get into this for people, but it's a you know not an auspicious end of the episode. And it, I mean, Tessa didn't really have 
a career. <laughs> not not well, I mean, his, I mean, can you imagine being the first ever eliminated contestant on Top Model? Oh yeah. I mean, she's so far down, like in the archives. She, like, like who? No one knows. No who one she had is. on the Rolodex. I mean, she modeled afterward for Noah Kalina and Joey Quintero. Um, and, oh, it, and noted, it, noted fashion, no, noted fashion designers Noah Kalina and Joey Quintero, um, and you know what? Maybe she's back at that shell. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dive into the next episode. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back with more cycle one. Um, And I'm just reiterating that it's called a cycle here because I think we've been a bit flimsy in establishing that it is called a cycle and not a season. Well, yeah, who wouldn't be flimsy about it? Every other show on television calls their series. Oh, God, I almost said cycle. Um, Every other show on TV calls their season seasons. It's just a weird convention that Tyra does to call them cycles. In her individuality. And did you say you thought it had something to do with, um, like, a, it's like a modeling term? Yeah, like spring, summer, joggers, September, like that spring, kind summer, of, September. That kind of thing. But no, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with the seasonality of fashion. It's just her being an individual. And they're cycling through girls like nobody's business. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, nobody gets to be a cover girl for more than six months at a time here and then they're discarded oh yeah i mean aren't these early seasons at least they would do one cycle a year like most most reality tv shows but then at a certain point probably around what cycle 12 cycle 13 they start switching to two a year and then i mean you barely have time to focus on one winner before they're just shuffling you on to the next it's kind of I mean, it, it's, I wouldn't want to be a winner in those later cycles because you'd have no time to actually get to enjoy your prize. But, well, we do have to see another girl go home this episode, but it's a much more eventful one than the last episode, I think. Well, I'd say, so they finally start getting into Top Model as we know it. It happens every season where the girls first learn how to walk. Um by by none other than Miss J, and I I love how Adrian introduces Miss J as this guy. I, that's our initial introduction, and I love it because he will be with us for many cycles to come. Yeah, I think Miss J is definitely the most after Tyra, definitely the most enduring cultural phenomenon and cultural figure from this show. He's on for over twenty cycles in some capacity. He's funny he's smart he's woody witty but he's never too showy um i part of my problem with janice is sometimes i think she's trying to manufacture a moment a little bit 
And all Miss J needs to do is put on an oversized t-shirt, a pair of slingback heels, and just walk. And, I mean, honey, that's television. He acts as a really genuine counterpoint to this, the, 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 the wildness, oh, the wilderness. Sure. When Tyra's narcissism gets too unhinged, um, he's definitely pretty good. For someone who has such an outsized personality, he's very good at reining her in. Though he's still, I mean, he can give you a sound bite. I mean, during this lesson, he tells the girls uh, to walk like it's for sale and the rent is due tonight, which will uh, pop up a few more times. And I've definitely heard RuPaul say that on Drag Race for sure. I mean, RuPaul's personality is definitely directly influenced from Miss J for sure, for sure, for sure. Speaking of which, okay, did you catch in this segment that that Jay has a, like, doctor boyfriend? They really went through that really quickly. They did not give it any attention. I, I think it's because the show hates doctors, as we see through his dialogue with Elise, um, as if to say, what is she doing with her life? With aspirations like that. I know. How dare she go work in a hospital when she could be strutting her stuff for Noah Kalina and Joey Quintero. <laughs> I mean, perish the thought. Well, but, yeah, it's, they it, never mentioned that boyfriend ever again. It, it's, it's strange to me because this show is always prioritizing health. But they oh, just yeah. look down on doctors. I don't know what it is. Um, and... They also look down on Elise in general um, regarding her health because when they go to the, the pizza parlor in the next segment, you know, she's pointed out for eating oatmeal at the pizza parlor. I don't know what kind of pizza place in New York provides that. I mean, that that sounds like some L.A. shit. I know. I mean, this is kind of the first... This segment's definitely the first scale of... Elise's full meltdown that she has this episode. Um, it's because she's running on oatmeal. Running on expect? oatmeal, running on fumes. All the girls are starting to talk behind her back about the possibly having disordered eating, which is definitely, I mean, obviously a sensitive subject for a lot of women. And I think most people don't want the discourse around their eating disorder or their eating habits play out on national television. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of sets her off a little bit. Um, She's all in her feelings. All in her feelings this episode. With that, eliminate me, I dare you. Yeah, second episode in a row that she just is either willfully ignorant to how well she can do as a model or just willfully questioning the bounds of this universe yeah that she's entered i mean into. she just she just wants out it seems like but um, she always has the best quips maybe next to miss j um well yeah because that's because she's genuinely a smart person which is a rarity on this show it i t- mean no offense no, but no. i mean she's She's witty and quick in a way that no... I mean, there really aren't that many girls who actually do that. Like, it's kind of fun to watch. It takes smarts, but I also think it takes a certain amount of um, reclusiveness. I think she probably has a lot of great sound bites because she locks herself in the confessional room and does not come out. Oh, yeah. I mean, she talks... 
about as long as we do, probably on mic here, just rambling, rambling. And when you compare that to Adrian, who's basically a concussed Chicago party aunt, or, like, the annoying people like Giselle or the catatonic people like Kizzy, like, you're not, like, that brilliance really jumps out in comparison to everyone else, for sure. And I love her teenage robot sunglasses on her head. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like her her I well for let me let me say this. She is constantly undermining the show she's on. When Jay gets her up in that school marm ruffly dress, she, you know, it it jumps right to her saying I wouldn't be caught dead. <laughs> you be know, wearing that man. as if to say that she has an ounce of personal style. I mean, yeah, the the swimming goggles on her head that kind of turn her into like a papillon dog. Yeah. Or like a, a steampunk Caroline Manzo. Oh, st- <laughs> <laughs> she, I, I, she whips out like a giant telescope. Oh, like, she looks like she ugh. worked a straight 12-hour shift at the Los Alamos Laboratories. That yeah. She, she looks like a real New Mexico girl. Um, so all this kind of leads up into Elisa's rant. Incredible rant. One of the most iconic moments of this show. And it's, I mean, truly a blessing. We get to talk about this our first episode. But she's a, well, it's, yeah. I mean, she's approached with, you know, the foolish is the man passage. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, she goes off with the foolish is the woman that believes in this goddamn tripe. Ooh, and then we're off to the races. I mean, I really don't think I've heard so many bleeps in a sustained monologue on TV. Regarding, ever. like, Giselle, how could anybody feel really that impassioned about Giselle? And she really hits her where it hurts with the, like, your parents must be ashamed of you because oh, she yeah. knows the character that is the Giselle, the parents were an approving character. She knows how to really undermine that. And she lashes out at people who... Like, heretofore, we've seen her be friends with. Like, she calls Adrian, like, a fucking liar or something. No, she called Katie a liar, but she... Oh, yeah. She she doesn't like how Adrian um, quotes Jay and Silent Bob in her ear. Oh, yeah. The most 2001 complaint we could have. I mean... Listen, you said it best before. I mean, she is a concussed Chicago party aunt. Yeah. What... Is there not to like? Um, who throws you know rock and roll signs at Elise? What is there not to like except for, like her dream catcher earrings? <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I think you know you get you get Elise got caught on a cranky day here for sure. Well, I think I think maybe it's because she missed out on like this Wyclef Jean um, reward oh, that yeah. Katie Nicole Giselle. And Adrian got to go on. So I, for winning the walking. For winning the walking. Maybe she was soured about that because she kind of targets those women specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, there was nothing really much to be sour about at all. No. It was, oh, it looked awful. It looked awful. It was a trip to his studio. Like, they they, they all went through singing some song about Do Re Mi. Um, it was like another pizza party challenge they all thought yeah. they were, had a whole night out it was just patently uncool super super uncool and 
I mean, Adrian's the only one who can really dance, too. At some point, they're just doing this kind of kumbaya sing-along, learning do-re-mi's, while someone who is not Wyclef was playing an acoustic guitar. Wyclef John walked so that Jason Mraz could fly. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um... I mean, and I guess that's a good, that's all I can really say about that. <laughs> like, wanna, well, let's go to I the... mean, back, back at the house, yeah. there's that whole moment with um, Elise and Shannon reading out the Tyra mail, and Shannon does that, that jumping down Elise's throat as she's trying to get the word out, and there is, like, this dead air for two seconds, and... This show normally has hokey music playing over everything, but that, like, pregnant pause. Yeah, it's very weird to see that on TV, just to let two people's emotional... Well, really, one person's emotional reaction just speak for itself. They let that it's moment breathe. Editing. Oh, yeah. Perfect um, But that tire mail, that was, like, ground zero for the whole Ebony thing, too, because then... She tries to take it and hide it from everyone that went out to the Wyclef Sean challenge or the reward. And she doesn't, maybe it's because it's the first cycle of Top Model ever or like early reality TV, but she doesn't understand how to be a villain because that was an iconic move, but then she kind of outs herself and just tells everybody that she hid it from them. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't really know how to embrace this villain role that she was sneaking into. Well, I mean, it almost seems like she's trying to cast herself in it, but has no idea how to actually play the part. So when she confronts yeah. the girls about it, I mean, she flat out tells them that she's she's been villainous, she's been bad, and then I kind of found more it endearing than anything else. There, I mean, it's so confusing, and it's really, really amplified by Robin over all this chatter and confusion, just starting to sing like, "How excellent, how excellent, uh, <laughs> how excellent," and that ever, I mean, that that was just mollifying couldn't understand anything that was going on at that point like the entire thread of the argument had been completely lost but they and it's resolved in a way. what through 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 prayer i'm yeah, all things healing, are resolved through prayer yeah, the but, healing power of prayer uh, they're talking about her demons i mean this all from hiding the tire mail that they wanted to expel the demons with. And she her. doesn't even hide it. I mean, she kind of withholds information for 20 minutes <laughs> and then caves, <sighs> caves almost Boy, immediately. It's, uh, it's endearing really, but yeah, no, the I mean, we circle is, I mean, that does, it kind of puts a pin in the conflict, but it doesn't seem like everyone's receiving the, receiving God's word in this moment. Oh no. Yeah. We get our kind of second great gif, mm -hmm. if you will, from Ebony just breaking the fourth wall. Looking um, directly in the, just, I mean, can't, I don't know how to do this motion, move on a podcast, but she really just stares at the camera in uh, the most dismissive way. She hates then, it. Oh my God. Not as much as Elise, who's crying about it. She, I mean, she's... She's that militant atheist. She hates praying. 
Yeah. I mean, she can't, she just can't do it. And then on the way out, <laughs> Ebony says, this is not a Bible study program. This is a model competition. Who knew? I who mean, knew? I from mean, this episode. From this who episode, knew? who knew? There is nothing modeling. There's no modeling happening. Yeah. I mean, it's all been oatmeal and Jesus up to this point. But then they do actually get to the photo shoot for Stuff Magazine. Oh my gosh, Drew. I looked into this. Okay, so Stuff Magazine, um, according to Wikipedia, is the best-selling gadget magazine in the world. Mm. I think it's UK-based. And it's like the third largest men's magazine brand. Wait, it's a tech magazine a... and a men's magazine? Well, I mean, yes. Okay. But, but um... Because so, like when but, I think men, I usually think like Maxim. No, it it is it is Maxim meets gadgets. It's like, it's like a hot woman on the cover surrounded by, like floppy disks and <laughs> and like an Xbox. I guess to no. match her like triple X box. Oh no! On the cover, it's oh, like, no. it's um, I've never seen anything like it. And actually, in two thousand seven, Catherine McPhee was on the cover. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, we need to ask her about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I need to DM her immediately about that. It's the third largest men's magazine. Oh wow! Thanks. That was producer Hank on the mic. Um, third largest. I mean, that's well. Okay, so this is a pretty. I the first time I watched this episode, I thought this was a nothing prize. So actually, this is pretty good then. Getting a getting a few shots in Stuff Magazine. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I'm surprised they didn't have any, like like a computer mouse on a boob, errantly somewhere here. That's because they they will do that in post. They, okay. will, they will place a computer mouse on a boob in post. Don't you worry. Well, I'm surprised that our second weirdly named photographer, Barry Hollywood, didn't mention this the, during the explanation of the challenge, which is really kind of just another standard bikini shoot though this time they're in front of some sort of like american psycho plastic wrap with a little bit of rainfall um elise calls it silly and and, i mean it is silly it's it's really silly I'll, i'll go ahead and call it silly too um i you you found you found barry hollywood hot yeah but like i am also as a disclaimer attracted to every man in existence um just easily swayed by pheromones and advertising i guess but also barry hollywood like is hot i he was british scottish welsh <laughs> is he british okay well he, well, he must he, be it's for stuff magazine I don't know. well he wasn't hot enough to merit his own like eastern enchantress music cue <laughs> the way um, nicole was yeah another exotic white woman <laughs> the most exotic white woman um, I, I mean, there's not much to the actual photo shoot. Yeah, Ro- Robin though. cries about her hips again and throws on oh, another sarong. Yeah. Just walk around set in because she removes it for the actual... The, like, quarter sarong beach towel mm-hmm. thing. Because um, he really presents her butt. Yeah, which uh, is which is in line with what she was saying when she was going through Stuff Magazine on the bed earlier, oh, which yeah. is that she absolutely would do but nudity yeah um and maybe just maybe that sets her apart from tyra um which tyra will not be happy to hear because i don't know that tyra has ever done but 
nudity? I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not actively seeking it out. Um, we if might we have, have any to... straight male yeah. listeners, please uh, we'll first uh, get help because I don't know why you would be listening to this. But well, also... I don't. Yeah, I don't know how many. How many? We might have to take this into our own hands. Yeah. Like incognito shift apple end this shit oh boy um that hit close to home um anyway moving on to the judging um yeah everyone's dressed crazily again though i guess this is oh three so i mean of course everyone's gonna be dressed like judy funny yeah everyone there kind of just looks so outdated and yet they further outdate Janice like she's she's they they call her outdated even for 2003 by calling her like the the 70s supermodel or whatever I mean that will be changed oh that will not fly ever again she will be called the first she will be called the original yeah which which doesn't make sense because they do have Twiggy on the judging panel mere cycles after this who's arguably who's actually like the first well yeah, definitely. I mean, there are people like Dovima for back in the 40s and 50s, too. But, I mean, for, like, modern for modern purposes, like, I feel like Twiggy is probably, like, has a pretty good claim on him. But definitely not Janice. I mean, like, Janice is 10 years later than all that anyway. But um, we cannot go without mentioning Bo staring at uh, Tyra's hush while she is standing up. Hush. Um, <laughs> it's... To put it politely. To put it very politely. And her, oh, her, her triple Xbox. Her triple Xbox or stuff. Um, <laughs> so yeah. they, they do um, a walking challenge in this and also deliberate photos. Yeah. Um, I think Elise's walk they love. Shannon, they're, they're telling her she's catching flies in that mouth. Um, Giselle's too dancer but I mean that's what's new that's the only thing that they're gonna say besides she has no confidence like this whole and that her parents must not be proud Uh, I mean like her walk is pretty bad I don't think I'd be proud (laughs) so rude but I'm I'm about to be a little bit more rude you know they're commenting on Robin's photos saying that she doesn't look 26 no dear she looks 46 I, I, I don't know what else to say. Her Donna Summer walk, that that outdated Janice. Yeah, I mean, it's too pageant. I mean, everything about her is too pageant. And, I mean, you're right. Like, she does read old. Um, the photo's not awful, though. I think the, the judges are happy she took her sarong off. Nicole's photo's pretty bad, though. Shannon's photo isn't great i Um, i tend to not like these kinds of photo shoots obviously which is why i'm kind of intrigued by ebony's soft smile although i question now knowing what stuff magazine is if it fit the brief at all yeah i think knowing what it is actually makes me like some well now i didn't know going into the like this episode that what the magazine was and it definitely recontextualizes what I think about a lot of these photos. Well, now we need, like, a, a technological enchantress. I think we maybe will get that in Elise. I mean, yeah, I mean, she has a great photo. It's but she, pretty, she has a pretty high fashion look for, like, what sounds like 
a wired maxim but (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not wired it is tired well it's kind of surprising that katie doesn't do better on this challenge in hindsight then because if this this is like the maxim shoot yeah i mean the maxim girl should be able to excel at this but she definitely doesn't tyra calls her miss july as though to diss her yeah Um, well that's a pretty good diss i mean it sometimes you we tyra insists upon speaking for herself and i think we're just gonna let her do that in this case like it's kind of tough to top miss july as a as a read but also like a critique at the same time well the ultimate diss is that they send her home yeah um there are no saving the polar bears and there is just no saving Katie. Yeah. And 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 worse yet, the polar bears she probably um saved are likely all like drowned now. It well, it really it it really stings. I mean if the men's magazine girl can't do the men's magazine challenge adequately, then I mean it's probably her time to go. And it would be fair the photo's pretty bad. Um but for me, my favorite photo was Adrian's actually. It's a lot better than last week's photo where she was grabbing the um her heel weirdly. Mm-hmm. It she has a very good look for this kind of shoot. Um and good thing they gave her back to back uh the same damn thing. Yeah. Frankly. It definitely she definitely showed a better side of what she was giving in the first photo. What who did you think had the best photo this week? I don't know. I just I can't get behind any of these simple photo shoots i mean it'll pick up later this this cycle i kind of just love that that they're complimenting elise on her looking so soft and she's like so upset because she wants to be hard um and that i can get behind yeah i mean that's pretty hardcore elise is pretty hardcore um i mean katie's well if we're calling employment hardcore then katie's pretty hardcore too i mean she's been booked and busy since 2003 yeah well she um has actually been doing like a lot of philanthropy work of her own mm-hmm. um peace for animals so she's really continuing um with that 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 wasn't just kind of like a fleeting oh i'm i'm 19 and oh, like this is my cause yeah. like look at my cause yeah um and i mean even beyond the philanthropy she's been a good model like she's doing she finally got in a Maxim. I mean, she's been in something called Ruckus Magazine, which I need to go Google now. <laughs> and then a ton of ad campaigns for like Skechers, AT&T, uh, Molly Shandon. She won um, an award for um, like producing um, a documentary, a Netflix documentary in like 2015. Well, that's called, called Give Me Shelter. Well, that's a lot better than her being on Deal and No Deal, which she also was starting the... A pretty grand tradition of top model alums going on to be briefcase models, which definitely seems like a a healthy ceiling. I feel like for a lot of these girls. Well, um, then the 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 Queen of England is next for her. Yeah, that, this is what I hope for my Chicago girls. <laughs> she she's got designs on Prince Louis already. Mm-hmm. Don't we all? <laughs> oh shush, that sassy little boy. Um, she did her. Was she married and like, a, and her husband died? Something oh, like that. Oh yeah, she's a widower. She's a widower. 
Um, so, you know, thoughts and prayers to Katie. Um, yeah, it was, it, her, her husband was a polar bear. No, yeah, he, like, got caught up off the ice floe. Yeah, caught up. It's, like, f- floating off to Greenland. Oh. Um, oh, well, well, thoughts and prayers to you, our audience, too. This has been an awesome first episode. Um, thanks so much for tuning in. Can't wait to have you on for next episode, but we will definitely have a very special guest joining us. Yeah, guess, this is the only episode where we're just going to be the two of us, so look forward to some fun new perspectives some fun new people um make sure to like and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to podcasts whatever medium you listen to and rate and review us so we get more promotion because that's how podcasting works it's a big old racket um do you have anything else you want to say you're one of those smart girls like Elise. No, <laughs> yeah. um, no I, I, I hope if you're listening with us that um, you thoroughly enjoy going through all the episodes like we do and that it's not just because you have fallen ill and have nothing to do but like rewatch all of this on yeah. Oxygen or wherever it it's is showing one. these days. Um, because... We, we, we will love you in, in sickness and in health, but yeah. but we do hope that you are not um, under the weather. Yeah, we definitely uh, wish for wellness. Um, the Going forward, our format, we're going to cover the next three episodes of this cycle. So cycle one, episode three, four, and five. And generally speaking, we'll be doing three top model episodes per podcast episode, just because the backlog is two I mean, it's so daunting. If imagine if we did just one episode per episode, I mean, we'd we'd be here until twenty twenty five, and I'll. I mean, hopefully, we're all dead by then in the meteor. So, um, yeah. So if you want to watch along with us, it's all on Hulu. Um, and yeah, I think until next time, I'm Drew, and I'm Nick. Uh, happy modeling. I'm a model bitch when I pump the cat's walk. They wanna follow, bitch. My load too heavy to ever swallow, bitch. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.